Welcome to episode 19 of Confessions of a Casting Director, where you will hear advice, wisdom, and true stories from inside the audition room. I'm your podcast host, Jen Rudin. Today's episode features the live recording from the May 12th free online parent and young actor session. I've been hosting these sessions since the pandemic began. They occur Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can sign up for next week's at jenrudencasting.com. This week, we celebrated Mother's Day, and my mother, Marsha Rudin, was our very special guest. Marsha and I did an exclusive interview in episode five of this podcast, but in today's episode, Marsha shares her wisdom from her own years as a stage mom way back in the 1980s with our parent and young actor community. If you couldn't join our Zoom yesterday, enjoy the recap here. Thanks for listening. Everybody, welcome to week nine of our um, parent chats. I'm Jen Rudin. It's nice to see everybody. I know that we did skip last week. That was just uh, for work stuff. We are going to continue with our weekly chats as long as we are all home. And um, today is going to be super fun. But before we get to our guest, my mother, Marsha Rudin, just a little bit about myself. I'm Jen Rudin, proud author of Confessions of a Casting Director. Many of you have the book. Uh, if you don't have the book, now is a great time for some quarantine reading. You can order it order it on Amazon or grab it on a Kindle. Um, it is now also a podcast. I'm so excited. In fact, my mother, who's our guest today, was uh, featured in episode five of the Confessions of a Casting Director podcast. This is the second week that I'm showing the beautiful, cool podcast cover art designed by Grace Galt. Um, and you can listen to the podcast wherever you uh, listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Okay, so um, a little bit about my history. I've been a casting director for over 20 years, including seven years at the Walt Disney Company. I currently work a ton in animation. Um, right now I'm working on a project for Netflix and Nickelodeon. I also finished a couple of episodes of Sesame Street, and I still do a ton of stuff for the Disney Channel. Here are some of my uh, movies that I've worked on over the years uh, when I was on staff at the Walt Disney Company such beloved animated movies like The Incredibles and Brother Bear, The Wild, Chicken Little, The Princess and the Frog, Meet the Robinsons, and Frankenweenie and, and Rock Dog. Um, and I've done work for a bunch of different other animation projects over the years. Uh, we have been doing so many fun online classes starting in March, April, and now into May and June. Uh, all the classes are at reduced prices. They are all via Zoom. They are limited to six students only. Um, we've had a bunch of fun animation voiceover classes that have been selling out. So you can check on jenrudencasting.com, the coaching and classes page for all of our upcoming classes. I'm so proud to announce that for the first time ever, I'm actually teaching a level three animation workshop on Saturday, June 6th. This workshop is for folks who have attended levels one and two. So um, in addition to casting, I also offer a bunch of private coaching options. So you can book everything on jenrudencasting.com. And um, we've got parent coaching, career coaching, half hour coaching, 15 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, whatever you need. So next week, little preview, we're gonna be talking about talent agents and Natasha from Take Three Talent is gonna be our guest. So we're gonna be returning to our Wednesdays at two starting next Wednesday, May 20th. And and you can sign up for that at jenrudencasting.com. Um, today's topic is to celebrate Mother's Day. 
which was on Sunday with my special guest, my own mother, Marsha Rudin. I will be putting the video pin on her in just a few minutes. Here we are, 1978, 1979, back when I started my acting career. And here I am in 1984. I believe, mother, this was my third round of headshots and it's just thrown in for nostalgia. Um, so without further ado, I'm gonna stop the share of my screen. I'm going to unmute my mother, which is very funny. I'm going to pin <laughs> the video on my mom and um, say hello to my mother, Marsha Rudin. So thank you. I'm sorry that we were not together for Mother's Day, Marsha, but well, yeah, we're I doing the best. Again, sometime in person. We all hope. Okay. It's true. So let's talk a little bit. We've got a bunch of parents here, and um, I thought it would be great for them to hear from you because you no uh, schlepped me around um, a thousand years ago, back in the 1980s, um, for my own professional acting career. And I thought perhaps you could offer some insight into what it was like back then and how things are actually, I think, quite similar to how they are now. So I'm going to throw this question at you. Um, tell me the greatest moment you had uh, being a, a mother of a young actor back in the 1980s. What was that for you? Well, <laughs> oh gosh, that might have been the Sesame Street you got. And we got to go to the set of Sesame Street. That was so thrilling. Your father and I fought over who was going to take you because I always took you to things. He was working. And uh, <clears throat> that was really exciting. We went to the Sesame Street. We met some of the people uh, Luis and uh, you know they're not there anymore. Um, it was exciting when you got things. Um, uh, there were ups, there were downs. Uh, more downs than ups. I have yeah. No, I think that's true. You know, um, first of all, we were in New York City. So when I showed an interest in auditioning, I believe you actually said to me, you know, if we didn't live in New York City, we wouldn't be doing this. Um, so I just want to give a shout out to all the parents who are making these huge sacrifices, both from a geographic perspective, traveling in from Indiana or Kansas City or, you know, t Tennessee for auditions. We were literally just taking the Crosstown bus. Um, so I think we kind of had it easy, even though it was the 1980s and we didn't have, you know, internet or or faxing or PDFs, um, but it was definitely sort of in our backyard, as it were. Well, well, it was, but still, I mean, it was difficult. It's difficult to get around New York City, and in those days, uh, there was no there. I don't even think there was faxing. Uh, there was no email. There was no texting. We had to go somewhere to get the sides first, the uh, script that you're going to audition with. That was often even a separate trip than going to the audition you because you wanted to get it a day or so before and uh while we did live in new york city and as i say i'm not in manhattan i'm not sure if i would have done it if we didn't it was not it was not easy getting around and then especially in those days uh cabs were expensive of course so we mostly and you were too young to go by yourself so it was not easy and i'm sure it's no easier now um than it was then in terms of getting around the city but living in manhattan was a big advantage and even then you had friends who came in from new jersey uh 
Pennsylvania. Yeah, all kinds of places. What do you think? I mean, what did you think? I know that I was very much, I remember like watching The Love Boat when I was like seven years old or The Brady Bunch and thinking like, I want to be in the television. I can do that too. And writing the um, writing the, the Annie Broadway Theater a letter saying, you know, I'd like to audition. I even wrote Channel 5 a, a letter and said, if you need to recast Cindy Brady, I'm ready. I'm blonde with pigtails. And somebody I think wrote back and said, actually, they're all in syndication, but thank you so much. So I feel like I was advocating for myself as a casting director at that young age. I mean, what did you think? Did you, I know we tried ballet um, and I will share the story. I think that, you know, my sister and I were both taking ballet and apparently the Russian ballet teacher said something to you, Marsha, like if I could take Jennifer's poise with Eve's body, I might have a ballerina, but I actually don't with either of your girls. And so my sister then started to pursue her violin and I went off and did my acting. Um, but what did you think? I mean, did you know that it was gonna be so many highs and lows? Cause I think that's what I really wanna focus on, the excitement, the possibility, but also the, the true heartbreak. Well, I think before you do it, you don't really know what's involved. And uh, I don't, I don't want to be really negative to the mothers and to the kids, but it's, it was difficult then. I'm sure it's still difficult now, even with the modern technology. Um, and what is difficult, especially if, you, if it concerns a child, is the rejection. And it often has absolutely nothing to do with the child or how they performed. Uh, it has to do with what they're looking for or a certain type or a hair color or something. And um, it's tricky with the kids. I thought you handled the rejection pretty well as far as I was concerned. But um, that's difficult to assess whether you want to put your child through that. Well, how did you handle it? Because, you know, I, I, I know that... Um, uh, you know, I would personally, I was, I was like, I would lie awake at night and I would pray to God, you know, please, please, please. I want this role, which is funny in hindsight, because I felt like God would probably be like, why are you only talking to me now when you want something? What about all the other days of the week? Why don't you go to temple more? I don't know. But I always felt like I would sort of lie awake and hope and pray. And I know that you always told me I was, you know, talented and smart, even if I didn't get the part, but what is your advice to help a parent through trying to convey to their child? And now I know especially with the pandemic, there's been a lot of disappointments um, and parents have had to communicate to their kids ways to stay hopeful. What, what was your advice back then? What do you remember telling me? Or what do you suggest to parents? I, I'm not sure I remember you. I thought you always took the rejection pretty well. Maybe I, I didn't get the full picture. I, I think you'd probably, I, I, I'm, I'm known as a sort of a negative person uh, and I'm sorry, I try to be realistic. I think you have to be realistic here. And I think you would need to tell your child to expect to be rejected and be pleased if they're not. And that it has absolutely nothing to do with them as a person or their talent. It has to do with what they're looking for. And um, I, th I think it's pretty hard. If, you're, if your child's not ready for that, I, I really wouldn't even get involved because it could be devastating. And I think probably the kind of child like you that really wants to do this, this, I had no voice in this, this was what you wanted, is, is ready maybe to accept that. But it's a difficult, it's a cruel world, it was then, and I'm sure it's probably only worse now. And um, you have to really prepare, I would try to prepare the child and prepare yourself for all kinds of 
Uh, I remember, for example, one story, and I'm not going to name any names, where they were told they got the part, the mother and the child, or she was a teen, I guess, went out for lunch to come back after lunch to sign the contract, and they'd given the part to someone else. So yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you have to be so careful and be keep keep private now with everything. Don't announce anything on social media until the producer officially gives you that approval, or you have a landing page for somebody to you know to buy a ticket for your movie or to to download your your um, movie on Amazon. But I think it's really important to um, to remember that actually being a professional child actor, I feel like it's the only professional child career available. We don't have professional child lawyers. We don't have professional child doctors. So you're putting your kids in this position where they're, I think, being sort of judged, not judged, but they're going into casting, you know, directors' offices and auditioning. And there's just a lot of, a lot of highs and lows. But let's move away from some of the lows and let's share some of the highs. Okay. So we talked for a minute about Sesame Street, which for me being 14 years old was so embarrassing because, you know, it's bad enough to be 14 and still need a parent on the set. And there I am with both my parents on the set. And when I came time to find my parents for some sort of wardrobe, something or other, I couldn't find either of you because you were like around the corner where Snuffleupagus was and where Big Bird's Nest was. And both of you were just kind of geeking out. So that's a really nice memory that I have um, from that day. And let's talk about... Um, when you and I went to Cincinnati, what it's like when you travel with your child on the set. Um, the the fun part of the day was that um, they offered us each our own hotel room uh, as an option. Like, you know, would you even want your own hotel room? And we both said yes right away. So what was that trip like for you that week in Cincinnati when we were filming that? Well, movie? That, was, uh, that was very much fun and special. That's the only time we had to travel. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, we didn't get you didn't get a movie where I was going to be gone uh, from my husband for six weeks or something. Uh, we had a week in Cincinnati. I had a cousin there uh, who showed me all the and We ate all, all the chili, but mostly uh, it was a very happy experience. But I, I remember hearing at the time from other mothers that some of the experiences were not happy. So I think anybody going on any kind of tour, especially now that was only a week. It was right. a TV afternoon special movie. Uh, but if you're going on tour um, where you're gone for weeks and weeks, I've heard even now bad stories. Of course, you have to, and good stories. Um, for, uh, you know, it would seem to me your marriage kind of might be endangered. Uh, the mothers are, have, to be on this, have to be on the set if you're young. And so what are you going to do, I guess, need a point or something um now we have phones so you'd be on your phone or your computer but in those even that week you you really had to fill your time i i'm very thankful you didn't get anything traveling uh at that point i as a mother would be pretty wary about that but i know that sometimes that's a good opportunity and the yeah. cast are wonderful i mean i've seen things down in florida traveling broadway things wonderful wonderful casts and really um what do you um what do you wish you knew see now it's 30 years later right so we have some perspective and for those of you who want to hear more you can listen to episode five of confessions of a casting director but what do you wish you knew now marcia that you would tell your younger self about the schlepping and the the sacrifices and the sort of not knowing because i think for me what's really 
exciting about show business is like, we just never know, right? I never know when like my callbacks are going to be for a project. And it's so exciting when they do decide who they want to cast and I get to make those phone calls. There's all these highs and lows, but what do you wish you'd known that you could tell yourself that you can share with some of the moms on today's call? I guess I wish I'd known that I should have been a little more philosophical about things. You you tell people, and I listened to our podcast again today <laughs> that we did about nine months ago, I guess, um, that I was not a typical stage mother. You didn't mean that in the bad sense, but in the common acceptance of it. And And I started out not being one, but of course, right away, you're like, oh, that kid's no more no better than my kid, you know. It doesn't take long. I, you have to be, keep your perspective and keep, uh, you know, your balance, and especially in terms of interpersonal relationships. It's very important. We were extremely lucky to have a wonderful manager who did not take advantage of you, was very cognizant of uh, children and what they needed. Um, I would like to, I guess, have been a little more balanced in that time. Uh, I got a little carried away, as you did, and um, I don't know whether your sister felt I was ignoring her. Uh, I hope not. But um, I think keeping perspective is very important. Of course, now that we're in this period of the virus, we got a different perspective about everything. Right. But also, I do think that um, let's talk for a minute about the sort of the, the unpredictability of it all. So it's the summer of 1985. I know some of the parents were alive back then, I hope. <laughs> so um, I had had a very, very close, uh, very close call with with getting growing pains on ABC. Um, and that is truly still and I talk about it in Confessions of a Casting Director, one of my big heartbreaks that I, I got very close and I didn't get it. And in hindsight, Tracy Gold got it. She already done all these TV shows. I was this New York theater person. I didn't have as much experience. And unfortunately, Tracy Gold went through, you know, bouts of, of some really dark stuff in her personal life. So I went off to theater camp and then um, staged our manor. There's a lot, probably a lot of people here. You can weigh in on the chat if, you know, you send your kid to stage door. Um, and I was at camp having a pretty good time. And I kept coming back to New York for this, this TV movie audition and taking the short line bus and like, you know, showing up and going to the callback and then going back to Port Authority getting back on the bus and it turns out that at the final callback um, that was the moment when I decided I wanted to be a casting director I remember it very clearly because there was group A and group B and the casting director was facilitating this very stressful day because either they were going to choose group A or they were going to choose group B it was a group of five kids in each group and that's when I looked at her and I thought that's a fun job I'll probably do that when I'm older um, turns out if you remember Marsha they chose group A they didn't choose my group. I went back to camp, tried to get on with things. And then we got a phone call that the girl they chose for the role I was up for booked an even bigger movie. And she was going to take that bigger movie and they needed to see me one more time. And so do you want to share a little bit about how that was the anniversary, uh, your wedding anniversary yeah. <laughs> and the schlepping? I keep that. Uh, it was our anniversary, our wedding anniversary. I don't want to, I'm not good at math. Don't remember which one was Anyway, um, you were at the theater camp in the Catskills. Uh, we had to go pick you up. It was one or it was about two in the morning. Yeah. Now you have to understand. I if some of you go to Stage Door Manor now, it's different than the Stage Door Manor Jennifer went to. 
which was, how can I put this nicely? A little loose on the rules, <clears throat> a little loose. And uh, I mean, if you can imagine a camp letting a parent come and pick someone up at two in the morning, unless they were sick or something. Uh, anyway, we drove out to the Catskills, we picked her up, we took Jennifer back to her manager, her wonderful manager who offered to put her up for the, what remained of the night uh, and then take her to the audition in the morning because my husband and I had to go up to our other daughter's music camp in the Berkshires the next day where her orchestra was performing. That was like visiting day. So we couldn't actually bring Jennifer home to our house and then I couldn't take her to the audition. What, so one, we took her to a wonderful a manager's house. Uh, this was around three, four in the morning by this point. And um, she went on the, I guess you did go back on the bus. By myself. Know. Yeah, no, of course. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, we then went up uh, to, the Ber to the Berkshires and listened to the pretty awful, you know, <laughs> orchestra at the music camp. I think we fell asleep. We were stretched out in the lawn in a blanket. Anyway, that was the highlight of, uh, fortunately, you got it. We had been pretty well assured that you were going to get it, her manager said. I think otherwise, I don't think, I don't think we would have done it. Uh, I think Jean had said, you had the part. They just wanted to see you one more time. So we did that. I hope none of you ever have to go through anything like that. Of course, now you can send in a video or something. I mean, it's different now. Things oh. are different now. I think there's so much that's different with technology. I still don't think that technology has anything to do with talent, right? I make that very clear in all my podcasts and anytime I'm, I'm speaking to actors that just because you send in a phenomenal self-tape that has great lighting or a great microphone for an MP3 voice or audition doesn't necessarily mean but that you're talented, I, but, but I things think, are easier now. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think if something like this came up now, they would just say, well, send in uh, yes, know, exactly. Instead of having to do one final, uh, one final visit. Um, what are like three things, how do you keep, um, we've talked a little bit about how you can keep your kids calm, right? Through all the highs and lows. Um, what are, what do you think other than um, letting them pursue? I mean, obviously I was, I've had a big imagination and, you know, played producer office and casting director office. And as we said in the podcast, doctor's office, even though it didn't work out, my sister and I both didn't go to become doctors. What do you think are some key things that parents can do to kind of keep their kids grounded as they're going through these highs and lows with the auditions? Well, I think that would um, depend a lot on the situation with the school. Now I'm talking about normal times where people, kids are going to school. Who knows what's gonna be now? Um, I know a lot of your uh, colleagues, it, it sort of at that time precluded any other, a lot of other activities because you had to pick up and go at the last minute to the audition. So you couldn't really be in the, on the soccer team or whatever because you couldn't commit to it. Um, I would say probably try to keep as normal a life as possible going. Um, yeah this is an abnormal situation um and dinner try to have dinner as a family i think was really well, important for we, us if you can yeah. uh, try to keep your family life going things that's more complicated than it used to be we always had dinner every night together um and we had a good family life we were i we were very lucky in that way that's not always possible now 
but try to keep, I would say, as normal as possible, if, if, if normal might be a little looser now than usual. Um, I think routines are very important. I've always been very much in favor of routines. Um, I would say time permitting, let the child be in as many activities, normal school activities as possible. Uh, you went to uh, a special high school of performing, not the high school of performing arts, but a professional children's school it's called, where uh, it was all right to take you out of school and there weren't a lot of activities like that because um, nobody had time for them. Uh, and, uh, but I think trying to keep a, an atmosphere of normalcy in your life would be important. We're starting to get some great questions coming in. So Rachel Benjamin from Delaware is asking, Marsha, how did you feel when Jen decided to stop pursuing acting? Uh, that's a good question. I was kind of disappointed because she, you were such a good actress. And I'm not just saying that because I'm your mother. Um, you really had a lot of talent. You went off to college and uh, the, when, then when you came back, the agent said, well, we don't really know you as an adult. And you gave it a year or two, I think it was a year, and kind of got discouraged. I was, I was upset. Maybe we should have uh, given you money for another year. But it was really up to you. It was your decision. I was sad because I think you really were a very talented actress. But on the other hand, I think you ended up in a really good career uh, for you. And I will tell you what I remember when I got back from college, I still looked really young. I was 21, but I looked 15. And I remember taking a job working actually for my manager. Um, it was $300 a week to be the assistant. So I get my first paycheck and it's like 225. And I said, well, I don't understand. I thought I was making 300 a week. And he said, that's taxes. And I thought, oh my God, and my rent is this? How, how am I supposed to live in New York City. I will say that you did tell me, you said, Jennifer, if you want to pursue your acting for a couple more years while you still look young and can play 15-year-olds, you should do it because you will have regrets later on if you don't. And I always tell actors that, that nobody can determine when or when you should or should not quit your acting career. If you decide deep down that you've had it, like I did, and I threw my headshots in a trash can on Sixth Avenue after an audition and said, I'm done, I'm not doing the work, and I'm, I'm, I gotta go work in casting or be a talent agent. But you did say, you will have regrets if you don't pursue it for a few more years. And so I did, I did pursue it for one year, or two years, or three years after college, temping and taking taxis I couldn't afford to auditions, and finding out that the women at these commercial auditions who didn't have to have temp jobs or make espresso Barnes and Noble or be the cat in the hat at Macy's like I was that they like looked beautiful and had their lives together at these auditions and I was showing up a complete disaster because I was coming from one job in fact I waitressed once twice I was a terrible waitress and I remember a week a week a horrible waitress and I remember the owner of the restaurant saying well you obviously don't need this job because you keep leaving to go to auditions and it was that catch 22 where I kept saying, no, but I don't have the job yet. I have to go to the audition to get the job. And they didn't understand that. Here's another question. Um, how do we manage all this stuff uh, with school, do parents homeschool, do kids miss lots of school? I think we can actually have a follow-up weekly chat about homeschooling because when I was growing up, there was no homeschooling at the time. So um, for Hazel, I promise we will, we will put a pin in that as the lawyers like to say and talk about that. Um, so here's a question. I'm always asking my daughter to make sure she still wants to do it because as a parent, I feel like 
I push to keep her going so she doesn't have regrets. She's 12 and I don't think she'll understand until she makes her own decisions. Luckily, it's been a wonderful experience for both of us. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you you have to just keep checking in with your kids because if they do want to be playing soccer or they feel like they're missing birthday parties because of the acting classes, I think they'll let you know, right? They'll say, I don't want to well, do anything. Well, you know, I, I'm glad you brought this up and that's a good question because I you cannot project your own desires and wishes onto this situation. Uh, you, maybe you, I, you, maybe you were in your high school plays and you wanted to be an actress. You have got to make sure that this is what your child wants. Uh, I had no say in it for Jennifer. People criticized me, my own sister criticized me. This was terrible, uh, then I'm pushing you and you, sh you should be having a normal childhood. I had no say in it. That is what you wanted. And you kept saying that. You were very adamant about it. But if your child doesn't feel that strongly about it, make sure it's not your, that, that they do because it's, it's, it's not. How much money? <laughs> well, let's talk about the money too. Now, I don't know about now because now the computer, you can make your own stuff. But in those days, you had to have a card, you had to have your picture taken, a professional photographer. It was a lot of money invested. And, and, and sometimes, I mean, these movies you got, I, I don't remember what you made, it was nothing. You, you never got the money back. And um, just make sure this is what your child wants. And I think you're right, keep checking, because maybe the child feels, well, I don't wanna tell my mother, I don't wanna do this anymore, She's, she'll be upset. And uh, especially if you put a lot of money and time into it. Um, it's very important, this has got to be the child's, because as you know, even, it, even if you get parts, it can be not a, always a happy experience. Yeah, I, I, I think also I always like to say, and I, I can't say it enough, you know, when you sign somebody up for soccer, they get their uniform and there is a schedule of, of games or baseball that they will play. And um, as Bob Marks said on, on a podcast interview with me recently, he said, they keep score. And so you know who wins, what team won and what team loses their score. And you know that like last week, that was the score for the game and your team lost. But here you can score really well. You can be prepared. You can um, have spent all this time in preparation and then they don't choose you because of hair color or because of, of something with height. And so I think that's what makes it such a unique business for kids or such a unique passion for kids because you can't say like, well, if you keep on training with baseball, um, you're going to, you know, you're going to make it to the, whatever the league is, that's the best one or the, the traveling soccer league. So there's just no rhyme or reason. And so, so many, um, parents always ask like, well, how long do I have to do this? Or how long is it going to go before she gets something? And so, um, so I think that's just, you keep chipping away at the boulder, right? Keep chipping away at every audition, every audition. And then maybe when you least expect it, oh, let's talk about the baloney commercial when I least expected that one. So I went to that baloney commercial audition. I was 11 wearing my sister's Oshkosh, bagosh, horrid pink jumper that I hated, but I guess I wore it because I knew it was a good on-camera color. I'm trying to eat this bologna sandwich at the audition, making these horrible faces because I didn't like bread and the bologna was disgusting. And I'll never forget, I came home from school and you told me the good news, remember? Which was, you, you know, got the commercial. So Marsha, we took the train up to Westchester to film this commercial. We get to the set and it's a whole bunch of pre-made bologna sandwiches, one more disgusting than the next with that thick white Wonder Bread. And I said to you, mommy, I don't think I can eat this. And you remember what you said to me? No. 
You said like, think about the money, eat the sandwich, (laughs) eat the sandwich. Well, you know, that was a very interesting experience because they didn't have a script. They, the producer or whoever was doing the commercial worked off of you uh, and said, it was interesting. They let me in to see the process off. Of, normally, I'm sure still today, the mothers are not, not in there. He was working off of you and designed the whole commercial around you. And so, uh, but I think that was a kind of unique experience. But um, but we did kept getting checks for that commercial. That, that, was made, that made some money. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a regional commercial. I think. Yes. It was down in the South. My father actually saw it. He lived down in the South. He said, I think I saw Jennifer. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's take, if you take a few years off because of other interests with lip braces, will it be difficult to break back in? Um, you know, I think it is hard to break back in. I mean, kids change and grow all the time. I always like to say today's nine-year-old is tomorrow's 12-year-old. So you have this very short amount of time, the small amount of time for them to, to pursue it. Um, we are going to have a, a follow-up discussion about orthodontia. Um, Allison Sass, I'm going to have you be my co-host for that. And we're going to talk about orthodonture because that does come up. And Marsha will remember we paid for double the price, I think, to have braces on the inside of my teeth. Um, but other questions from you guys. I see like parents are saying it sometimes takes two and a half hours for us to get to the city with traffic. Um, you know, and that is just part of the commitment that you're making to come in for the audition. You know, yeah, it's just a lot, a lot of of time travel um, and traffic and and then you have to arrive to the city and make sure that, as I always say, that everybody is snacked and ready to go and, you know. Um, but let's hear from some of the parents. If you'd like to um, ask my mother a question in using your real voice and not the chat um, and share a little bit maybe, that is absolutely, yes, Invisalign braces. Thank you for that. Um, if anybody wants to do that, just send me a note and um, feel free to ask a question. We're really here to celebrate the, the parents today. We're really here to celebrate the parents and, and what you guys are doing to make your kids' dreams come true. So um, uh, so let's move on from, um, from braces and orthodonture and talk about uh, some other questions that you might have. Um, so who wants to share? Marsha, were you going to say something? Well, I just wanted to say... Um, it was easier for me than maybe a lot of you mothers now because I was not working. Uh, and most women today have their own careers. So that's another consideration. Are you going to put your career on hold to do this? Or maybe, I guess, people hire, you know, hire your babysitter, your nanny could take the child. I really had it easy in that sense that I wasn't, it was before I started writing or anything. Um, but you also have your own desires and needs as mothers to think of, as women to think about. Yeah. Anybody want to, uh, uh, share something, a concern, a question? Um, very true. Yes, Maria. Yeah. Anybody want to share? We do have Derek. We do have a father here. We can talk actually. And it's so interesting, Derek, because, um, it's, and why is that? It's so rare that you see a father now. Um, 
in my book, Derek, I have a very lengthy chapter where I interview a bunch of parents and it's in the uh, Mama Drama chapter, which actually was the original pitch I did to HarperCollins. And there was a father I interviewed who, there were two dads who went on tour, uh, one with Billy Elliot and one with Mary Poppins. And I did ask the dads, you know, what that experience was like. Um, so let's see how, Derek, if you wanted to share something, I know you're in Vancouver, you know, what it's like, you know, stage moms have this sort of, it's this word, it's this phrase that comes it's weighted with you know just by bringing your kids to an audition it sort of people think it means a certain thing have you experienced as a father are people like oh i'm so surprised uh, to see you at this audition I'm not that, that often actually i'm seeing quite a few dads uh at a lot of the auditions or well at the there's more women at the auditions than there is men but i'm seeing quite a few dads on set you know the dads want to go to the set you know, I'm the one who normally takes my daughter because uh, I'm an IT director by trade and my wife uh, does another business. She sells shampoo, believe it or not, and she reti retired me as an IT director. And so I work from home. I help her with the business, but I have a lot more flexibility. So I take my daughter to the auditions and the set normally. So, you know. It's, it's, I'm lucky. I, I used to work 12, 14 hours a day and now I get to take my daughter to set when she's on set and do things that I never could have done before. So. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I'm always happy when I see a father because I feel like it's, and it sounds so, it sounds so sexist, but it just seems like that's always the, the, um, the way it, it, it always seems to go. And so, um, so that's great. So yeah, Dana Bray, I'm glad you do see a ton of dads. That's nice. Um, when do we think this business is going to open again? Yeah. So um, let's talk for a little bit about, you know, the news that just came in before we all got on the Zoom that Broadway is going to stay closed through September, um, which is, you know, really brutal news to hear, but also I think, you know, un not uh, completely unexpected. Um, I do know that um, Film and TV is talking about opening, you know, smaller sets, um, thinking about stuff as early as, you know, uh, fall or January to come back to set. Um, I know that for me, certainly the animation voiceover uh, right now is really busy um, because um, of the projects I'm working on. We're actually sending people headphones and microphones and people can record from home for now. So um, that's why actually my voiceover classes, I think, have been such a big success just because there's a lot of voiceover going on right now. Um, but yeah, so Broadway's not going to be open at least till September. We'll see. Um, and even if they do reopen, I think there's discussions of seats being, you know, less seats available. Um, here we go. Here's a great question for, for you, Marsha. You know, how do you balance both of your children's interests. It's an issue I'm having all my time. This is so time consuming. I feel like my younger daughter feels neglected at times. So Marsha, maybe you can speak to that because I did have an older sister. Well, <laughs> I, uh, I, maybe someday I should ask her how she really thinks <laughs> about all this. Uh, I also was able to take her to her violin lessons, uh, take her to her other activities. Um, as I say, I wasn't working, uh, so I was really devoting my whole life at that point to schlepping you kids around New York. Um, maybe she's gone to a psychiatrist and complained about it. It's not a thing I know. Um, she, I'd have to ask her, but I, I think, I hope that I gave her a good amount of my time too. Uh, I remember taking her to all her lessons. 
uh, her, her orchestra performances at grade school and all that. So I hope she felt all right about it. Uh, what would have happened had you gotten, say, a touring group where I was with you for six weeks or something or six months? Uh, that would have been, a, I think, a difficult problem. Um, I'll have to ask her someday and maybe she'll be honest and tell me. I think, um, I think that, um, you know, first of all, my sister ended up becoming a rabbi, just like, just like my father. So, you know, everybody ended up okay in the family. If anyone's wanting to know, and actually Sarah Greisberg, who's on, is a member of the Larchmont Temple, and Willa was a Hebrew school student at Eves at one point, but now oh. her acting career has really taken off, and she does not have time for Hebrew school anymore. Um, here's another question. Uh, Marcia's perspective about making and keeping friends through acting, like, Let's talk a little bit about that late night on Cincinnati or actually Florence, Kentucky, when we were filming the TV movie and it was like an all nighter and you and these moms were just like, I mean, I want to say smoking and drinking, but probably just, you know, just we were smoking. We were drinking. There was a lot of eating. Well, you know, you got to know all the other mothers. It's probably different now because I'm sure a whole lot of it's done differently. We always kind of went the same mothers were kind of at each audition because it was the same age group and the same type of kid. And so you really got kind of got to know people. And yet there was always this sort of edge of, ooh, you know, my kid's better than your kid. Uh, I don't have any friends held over from that period. Uh, I don't know what happened to them. You do. You, you mm -hmm. have friends held over. Um, yeah, we had a f fun because that night we, we, they had a shoot in a shopping mall. And of course, they had to do it when nobody, no shoppers were in the mall. So it was an all night thing. <laughs> I think they even told us the mothers didn't have to be there, but we went anyway. And uh, we were, well, there's a lot of eating on the set. I don't know if that's still true. Um, I think it, there is. Yeah, I there think, still I is. Think we, I, I'm pretty sure we weren't drinking. We were smoking, which of course they would not allow now, wouldn't allow you to smoke. But uh, we, we, we had a good time. We were, but um, I was never in a situation. The other things that you got were like other TV movies. There was no situation where you were really with the other parents a long time. I expect that could be a really uncomfortable situation uh, if you were on a movie set for six months or something and you didn't like the other people. Um, I never had to experience that. But uh, there was a lot of sociability involved because you're kind of sitting around doing nothing a lot of the time. And this was, as I say before, I think I was knitting or something, but this was before your, you could spend your time on your iPhone uh, and amuse yourself. So, um, well, there were a lot of fun things about it. I, I look back on it as kind of fun. Um, don't know how you look back on it. I think I'm kind of glad, I'm very glad that you gave it up and you went into uh, business that you're very talented for, very cut out for. You're a good businesswoman. You're a good, very good people to people person. You're good with the young youngsters because you went through it yourself. And I know you're always very good with the mothers. And I think I don't have to tell the mothers uh, that this is not always the case. Um, and I'm glad you did what you did. Um, this entertainment world is a very difficult world, and I think it's probably much worse now even than it was before. We didn't know about any kind of sex. There was obviously a lot of sexual abuse with the children. We didn't know about that. Thank God you never, as far as I know, experienced anything like that. You had a wonderful manager. Uh, no kind of abuse that I ever heard about. 
maybe it was going on, we just didn't know about it. But it's, it's, I think that the mothers and the youngsters on this show, you really have to be, I, I don't like to be Debbie Downer here. She came back on Saturday Night Live, I think, that character. Uh, you have to really be realistic and face what you're up against. And even if your child is successful, we all know these terrible stories of these kids who peaked when they were young and then they, they had to keep it up and they outgrew their roles. And I remember one audition, I don't think you remember this, Jennifer, it was an open audition. In other words, there were no agents. It was down in Times Square someplace and a girl who had been on, and I don't remember her name, a huge sitcom was in this open audition and she was immensely talented. And I thought, oh my God, this girl was this star on this sitcom and she's in one of these cattle call auditions. So, uh, and I never heard from her again, nobody ever did. I, I guess she went to medical school or something, but uh, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough life. And I, I wish you all luck. And I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to be, you know, negative, but there are other ways that you can be in the entertainment world, uh, entertainment lawyer, law school, good, good. We <laughs> Which I thought about for about five minutes. And then I looked at the LSATs and I signed up and I got a, I got a Brooklyn law school application. And I thought, I don't, I don't think I can do this. I think I'd like to go to the premieres of my clients after you I could have done it. Uh, you could have done it. I probably could have done um, it. But. it. For example, wants to be a set designer. Uh, or costume in the costuming. So there's, because uh, she's just obsessed with show business. And there's lots of ways you can express your creativity. I think uh, being a manager, being an agent, uh, I don't think that will ever grow up out of style, being a casting director. So um, every, I, we, are we ending? Because I want to wish everybody luck if we are. Well, we, we've got a couple more minutes to, to answer some more questions. And, I, and again, um, it was, I, I do want to say it was my husband who said, why don't you do a special Mother's Day, um, special group for Mother's Day, just to toast the moms, because um, he hears me all the time, you know, whenever I'm talking about some of the moms who I'm dealing with and, and you know, who I'm always so loyal for coaching and, and make myself available because I feel like you're getting these last minute auditions and it's so nuts. And the least thing I can do is just make myself as available as possible to make your life easy to coach the kids and then get on with the day. But, um, but certainly to, um, to stress the importance of, of um, trying to keep calm through all the craziness and the highs and the lows um, that, you know, you're, you have to, you know, check in with your kids, um, make sure that they still want to be doing it. Here's one more question. Let's see, would you suggest it's a good idea for sisters to both be in the business if they look alike, but are not twins or the same age? I think it depends, right? It depends on the sibling. I think that could be very tricky because what if one gets a lot of stuff, the other one doesn't. I was lucky that was not an issue. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, somebody raised their hand, uh, and I'm just unmuting you on iPad three. Um, you you answered my question about the perspective of uh, Marcia's perspective on making and keeping friends in the business. So yeah, I think you know I, I would say to you, um, and uh, you know the true friends that I auditioned with. 
Um, the girls that I, I, there were, as my mother said, we saw the same girls all the time. And if there were 30 girls back in the 1980s, now there's 3,000 or 300 girls. Um, and I'm speaking about girls because it's much more competitive for girls than it is for, for the boys. Of those 30 girls that we would see, I swear to God, I was maybe friends with one or two of them. And I still am to this day. Um, my friend Wendy, who, you know, and I would be joyous and happy when I saw her at an audition versus the other girls that you see that the ones that always seem to get the roles, the ones that tried to stare you down in the waiting room. And so I think it's the same. I think the, the your real friends, your, your true friends are the ones that you're really happy for. But as Quinn McCoggan and her mom, who were on a couple of weeks ago, said, Quinn's mom, Noelle, said, you know, promote each other, right? Be happy to see each other in the waiting room. Say hello. Promote each other. Be kind to each other. And if I can quote my father, Marcia's husband, my my father, Rabbi Rudin, who always said, you know, all you have is your name, so leave a good name, which basically means be a nice person. Be nice, you know, be nice to each other. Um, be kind, because I can pick up the phone anytime and call another casting director and ask what they were like on the set and should I hire this person? Um, how is their mother? Like we ask these questions all the time. So I think that's uh, some wisdom from, uh, from my father, from Rabbi Rudin, which was, you know, be kind, right? Because it's a small world. Um, and certainly for the moms, you know, we really see what happens all the time in the waiting room, in the elevator, in the stairwell, you know. Um. I, I remember, excuse me for interrupting, uh, there were mothers who, the kid was, was blackballed because of the mothers. Uh, there was one mother, oh, I can't, fortunately I can't remember the name, she was having an affair with you know, she was down in the bar at night picking up men and stuff. And this unfortunately stopped her daughter's career, which actually really shouldn't have. I was not kind of fair. But, it, you know, you really only have your name. And in the long run, I think it's more important to be a kind person, as you say, be a good person, than to get the part. And, you know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm watching a lot of operas because the Metropolitan Opera is doing free screenings now during the since we're all at home. And uh, there's a very famous tenor that was just fired because of sexual, not really abuse, but Mickey Mousing around. Well, there's, it, he was wonderful, he's wonderful. There's probably 30 equally wonderful tenors replaced, able to replace him. So there's gonna be a billion actors that can replace you and a billion mothers that can replace you who are easier to get along with. Uh, nobody's indispensable, I've learned that in my life. So I think being a good person, being kind, being nice is really important, even in this very vicious field, um, to help promote the career because there's, there's gonna be 50 kids that could do the part. Right. And if they have to do, I remember one mother, I. I was at a movie theater and the mother had, they, apparently the mother was so difficult, they gave her some kind of, not a role in the movie, but some kind of production part to like keep her out of the way from the kid. And, uh, and I remember people laughing because they knew this mother. Well, you don't want to be that person that they have to kind of give her a job to keep out of the way. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a question of keeping your perspective now with the virus, we're all getting a different perspective on what's important in life. So we're, I think we're really learning a life lesson. But even without this, um, what's important is your child's happiness, your child's development. 
um, your role in life. Are, you don't want to feel then get to age 50 and you sacrifice for your husband and your children. You don't have any life left. Now you've got a life too. So I think you all have to take this into account. Very wise. No, it's so true. And, and um, being, being kind, right? And wanting to raise great kids who will go on to whether they end up in law school or, or you know, coming to the other side of the table in casting, um, but being you know, kind and nice and, of course, talented too, but mostly being, being a good person, especially now more than ever. So, so Marsha, G.I., you know, I hope we see each other again at some point and have Mother's Day uh, you know, next year in person, um, because I haven't seen you in a couple of months. Uh, and I just want to, um, to thank you for, you know, for joining the group. You know, you have a lot of wisdom to share um, from your perspective, because now it's, you know, years later, and we can laugh about some of these stories. But at the time they were, you know, that was what we were doing every day. That was our, that was our life. You're getting lots of thank yous. Um, bonus episode, episode five of the Confessions of a Casting Director podcast, um, to hear Marsha and I chatting away about uh about um the good old days and um for those of you who did ask about voiceover stuff just for my class you don't really need anything i send out scripts in advance and we do it all on zoom and you get your audio files and video files when it's done um i will see you all next week wednesday may 20th natasha matalana from take three sarah is going to be our guest agent um she's super fun she calls me the casting director for the people um, because I'm a nice person, but also firm. And so I'm supportive of the actors, but also get the job done. And she and I will talk really about what agents do versus what a manager does versus what a casting director does. So please sign up for that. Um, continued best wishes for safety and health. Happy Mother's Day to all of you. Happy Father's Day coming up to you, Derek, our token dad on the call. And um, I hope to see you all soon. So thank you. We will end this meeting. Everyone's saying thank you, Jen. Thank you, Marsha. Thank you both. Be well. Thank you. Thank you, Marsha. Bye, you guys. You, so now we can all unmute ourselves thank and say you. goodbye as Bye. well. Bye. Bye. Happy, Mother's Day. Day. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Bye, Jen. Bye, Marsha. Thank Bye. you for being here. Bye. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to everybody. Bye. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Bye. For more episodes of Confessions of a Casting Director, go to jenrudencasting.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast fix. And please subscribe, rate, and review and tell your friends about our show. We've got a bunch of fun online classes for young actors in voiceover and animation, TV acting analysis, and monologues at reduced prices during the pandemic. So you can check them out and sign up at jenrudencasting.com slash classes dash coaching. And if you love this show as much as I love doing it, please consider supporting us with a contribution to keep our show going. You can contribute at jenrudencasting.com slash podcast and support us through Patreon or PayPal. Thanks for listening.